Matt, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. This is this is a, this is a different episode than usual. I am not at home. We are in your um, studio office in Hawaii, yeah. which is normal for you and exceptional for me. Yeah. It's but, getting to be normal. This is still kind of a weird setup for me, too. Well, and we have a bit in common of that you are also Canadian, is where you come from. Yeah. And uh, you now live in Hawaii and have for a while. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, this is, this is like a pretty cool thing that we got <laughs> to do this together. We we worked on a video, which I don't know if it'll be out before or after this episode. If, okay. if it is out, then I'll link to it. If not, <laughs> keep an eye out on Matt's channel. But um, I guess a good place to start would be, what you know, what, did, what do you do now and how did you get there? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give a hint that you make videos and you're a YouTuber, but what did you used to do? How did you get into it? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm honored that you said YouTuber. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's hopefully like the goal to be able to do full-time YouTube. Um, but I would say, and I never know if it's like content creator, photographer, videographer, you creative, it's like all those things kind of, I guess, smushed yeah. together. I, th I think um, they all like have a space. I, I've been using creator or content creator for us because we do sort of multifaceted different media projects. We do photos and videos. So yeah. it, you know, it, it, it encompasses more than one thing. Yeah. Um, and some people feel like that's a bad thing. It's like, Oh, it's too general. Like I'm a filmmaker or I'm a photographer. It's like, well, but what if you, do I don't know. Things. Yeah. A lot of us, <laughs> you know, do a lot of stuff these yeah. days. So, but yeah. yeah, you mostly do video. Yeah. Uh, man, I, Maybe. Yeah. I feel like actually it's similar to what, what you guys do. So right. it's working with, I guess there's kind of the, the two sides of things. There's the social media side and then the content creating side. Mm -hmm. So the content creating side is working with either local companies or nonprofits or brands, uh, and then also brands that are on the mainland. Uh, so that could be creating content for them, uh, or creating content for them that will also be posted on my social media. Right. And then that brings in the social media stuff. Yeah. So that's getting paid for either posting or, yeah. I feel like that's the modern way things are. It's becoming more and more normal. But you still have to explain it to people because most people aren't doing it. Yeah. But yeah. how did you get into it as well? Like what what, what was the first video that, that got you excited about the idea that like, oh, maybe I could do this? Yeah. Um, man, I don't know. I don't know what the first, I can tell you kind of the, the journey of, of how everything yeah, yeah. started which kind of that brings us back to Winnipeg uh, when when I think I was maybe eight or ten finding a like a cassette uh, VHS not a VHS but a, a camcorder that my parents had and shooting little home movies uh, with with my brother and then my neighbors totally I, I ended up taking apart my parents Oh, wow. camcorder so hopefully they're not <laughs> watching this and realizing i destroyed it yeah but uh i just wanted to know how it worked and had to figure it out so yeah I, I can totally relate to that yeah and i think it was getting hooked kind of from there of like right. i can make whatever i want yeah. i can direct this or shoot this and i just got super excited so every project at school then was if i don't have to write an essay can i do a can i make a video mm -hmm. and then from there uh i think it kind of like it died for a bit but when I came back to Winnipeg after university, um, my pastor at church said, hey, I heard, you know, you do some videos. You want to make like a Mother's Day right. video or something? I was like, ah, sure. Why not? Mm -hmm. And it was awful. Just yeah. like so bad <laughs> uh, in every way possible. And 
he was like, that was incredible. That was so great. Let's do <laughs> but, it. But Let's at the time, did you know it was bad? Or did at the time, were you into it too? Uh, like 50-50. It was kind of that thing of like, I think this is bad. But so but they're like, saying it's good. But so. they're saying it's good. <laughs> right. So like, okay, that gives me the boost to like keep creating and keep mm-hmm. going. Uh, and eventually it got to the point where somebody in the congregation said like, hey, I own a coffee company. Do you want to make a little commercial? Uh, and so That's got awesome, paid man. like 1500 bucks to to make this commercial for them. And then that was kind of the, the jump off for like, oh, maybe I could do this full time mm-hmm. and trying to figure out how can I actually do this full time. It's funny because as we talk about, if we give our backstories, I'm realizing that they're less and less relevant and helpful for people starting now because like the, the, the technology is just so radically different. It's just so completely different yeah. that anybody's story that's getting into it now, it's like, no, of course, I already had a phone and I was making TikToks that other people liked. And so the local coffee shop got me to make their TikTok. Yeah. So, I mean, there's some there's some overlap, but functionally, it. I mean, it's I, I never want to stop being amazed at how far it's come because it's yeah. just we're in such an interesting place with it right now. Oh, it's insane. But so another thing we have in common is that, you know, Winnipeg and Calgary are both like kind of mid-sized Canadian cities, you know, like around a million people each. And um, and now you're also, you know, on Maui's not is a smaller place. <laughs> so we're both like doing, you know, professional production in not the biggest markets. And that's something that I try to give special attention to on YouTube and and here as well is that a lot of people aren't in New York, L.A. or London or whatever, right? Like it can be assumed that, okay, well, if you live in those cities, the way that you do this type of job is it it goes a certain way and it doesn't necessarily go that way if you are in a smaller area. So like what are some lessons you've learned about building a business that, you know, you can this can be a living and you're not in a huge city? Yeah, there's there's like unique advantages i feel like for not being in a in a big city because then if if you can get recognized then you're kind of the not the big fish in a little pond but you know you can kind of it's easier to become that i guess instead of just getting drowned out by all the talent in a big city it's an actual advantage like that advantage is kind of been real for us in calgary anyway and even we'll end up being the go-to people in the West, so people from Toronto will reach out to us when they need projects done in our area, because yeah, we're the bigger fish in a smaller pond. Yeah, yeah. I I always feel like, because this, I think I told you this before. Like this year is the first year where, where I was like, wow, like I'm, <clears throat> I'm doing it. You know, the the other years I was doing it, but I was still kind of, you know, struggling to. Mm-hmm to make ends meet so to speak but this year has been has been wonderful and i think it's like the i know people say it all the time it's like if i can do it then anybody can do it (laughs) i feel like it's literally the case though like if i if i can do this if i can get to where i've gotten anybody can do it because i don't think i'm doing anything special like if you watch my stuff i don't i don't think anybody's like blown away by it um there was one video I'd, I'd put out a while ago and I kind of want to put it out again, but it was making a living off of mediocrity. Um, <laughs> because there's, I think it's just, is, is I think it a how to guide or kind of, guide? yeah, <laughs> because it's like, okay, if I'm a, a six or a, a seven, if mm-hmm. I'm giving myself a little extra credit, um, there's still all these people below me, you know, the, the six, fives, fours in terms of like their quality of the video or the, the photos that they're putting out. Yeah which 
which means I've got this huge market of, of people I can still reach out to. They're going to say, wow, that's so much better than, sure. than we've seen with, with other people. And, and the, the eights, the nines and the tens are probably way out of their budget in terms of brands or, mm-hmm. or, so I think that's also like in a smaller space, you usually have smaller budgets and you can just kind of like build off of right. that. So you can, you can create, you know, the repetitive kind of income or. Client. Yeah. I mean, as long as you stay smart about setting those budgets in a way that can run a business, you know, because that's, that's the thing is it doesn't matter how small the area, the market is. There's a baseline of like, well, you spend this much time on each project. You do need this much gear to get started. Yeah. Um, so, you know, people, as as long as there's enough businesses to understand that there's there is a baseline, yeah. Um, you know, you can definitely like really get started and take it somewhere with that. So, yeah. I mean, that's great to hear that you're. It's like kicking <laughs> off for you though. It's awesome. And and uh, I mean, the project uh, that we did together as well is take a hike, which is like a series you're working on with a few other YouTubers. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's cool. So we walked around, took a hike, answered some <laughs> questions. Yeah. Um. I've also got just like a little bit of a list of a grab. This is going to be a grab bag episode because there there wasn't like a big overriding story. I don't know if we had anything we wanted to dive into for an hour. So instead, we'll talk about a bunch of stuff that um, since great. since we we're hanging out for a few days already, we've already also been able to test some gear together. Yeah. We use some of the same gear. So um, I think there's a lot we can learn from each other in terms of video or pulse photography today. Um, first thing on my list was the camera that I've been testing. I haven't started the review yet and I'm a little behind. I'm, I'm a little behind in both videos that I'm making right now, but, uh, that's the Fuji X-H2S, which is their new effect, their new flagship APS-C, like their new best of the best. And the X-H2 or X-H1S, um, which I didn't even know, I didn't follow it when it came out wasn't it was like more middle of the road it wasn't their flagship so i think it's taking a little bit of time for everybody to kind of figure out like well what is this camera yeah. but it's so far it's awesome sure. <laughs> um yeah so i don't know did you have any thoughts just taking the, the look at it that you did yeah i mean I, I guess i had it for like a couple minutes um you took the instagram photo of me that got a lot of likes so yeah i appreciate that <laughs> it was all, it was the model on the other end um yeah, I think so. I was surprised by a couple of things. The autofocus mm-hmm. was picking up like right away. Yeah, it's um, good now. Yeah, and capturing your your eyeballs every right. time. Um, so that was surprising because I just I thought it would have a crappy autofocus system. Sure. Um, but it didn't. It was great. Um, and the the colors were awesome. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, I, I so was really stoked about that. That, that was a. It, it's funny because that was the part that the focus was a surprise. The colors weren't a surprise because, you know, we've, yeah. I've talked about it on the show. I've heard from everybody. It, it, Fuji has a reputation. And it, it's interesting because anytime we talk about color science in terms of some kind of like branding exercise, I always want to clarify what this means. The, the, I, the, the goodness of Fuji colors to me are that if you um, use what Fuji gives you, if you bake them in, especially into JPEGs, they will offer you some filmic looking presets that look wonderful without being adjusted. If you're just shooting raw, you can edit them in all the ways that every other camera is available. Like the, the, the playing field's pretty level when it comes to raw photography. Um, but 
I was able to push this a little further because I was also using some of the built-in colors for the video that we were shooting today, which you haven't seen it yet and hasn't been edited. I haven't even really reviewed the footage. But um, I never shoot anything but log until this because, like, it just looked it looked good, yeah. you know? So I don't like. Do you see a place for a camera like that in your workflow? Like uh, you know, your Canon. Actually, we were both using the same cameras for context. Yeah. Uh, what like what's your kind of standard kit? Uh, so video, um, C seventy, and then I'll do like the occasional maybe like B cam or certain video projects or like what we we did with the take a hike. I'll use my Canon R five, mm -hmm. uh, but the R five is usually just for photography. Um, that's that's pretty much it right yeah, yeah. that's how i yeah so same, same kid <laughs> yeah. um but yeah so like because i keep thinking about that there it feels like there still is a place in my kit for a, basically this a fuji for travel is what would be nice because it's much lighter yeah. um this idea of having more being able to just like post more photos because i'm not really i'm not doing any work on them afterwards on my like crazy or crazy all my simple boring tourist photos from throughout the day that you know i didn't think that hard about they end up getting posted because i don't need to do more work with them later yeah. and i find a lot of those tourist photos kind of get lost on my r5 yeah or and i just don't take it cause it's heavy yeah and you could probably do it with like a vlog or something with video too you don't have to spend you know however long color grading or trying to figure out it's just like here it is done put it out there yeah like yeah, just yeah. something simple. Yeah, that's um, what I'm. I mean, that's what I'm hoping happens. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. Maybe I'll still end up color grading it. But um, but yeah. uh, yeah. And I'll make sure to in in the video also talk about the film emulation presets because you have to kind of learn them a bit. And actually, that's the biggest strength. Um, that and this has come up a bunch of times, especially when Simbrush comes on the episode. We talk about all this, but um, the strength is that Fuji lets you make these choices. It's like they have some film presets that start you in the right direction that feel a little bit like filmic, but you can control things like how deep are your shadows? Like to, where's the roll off and are you tinting and towards a different color? Um, you can bring skies, uh, sorry, blues a little bit darker. Like there's some specific settings that yeah. are like manipulating your image and pushing it in different directions. And there is none of that on Canon. You know, it's like neutral, <laughs> neutral or yeah. landscape, landscape. I mean, the profiles on Canon just look like They're it's pretty Yeah. It's turning the saturation up and down and that's it, <laughs> yeah. which is stupid. But, um, but then, you know, on the, on the Sony side, there's also, is it called? No, not Cineon. Cineon's grading. Uh, oh, I don't even do you remember? Know. Yeah. So Fuji, uh, can't, sorry. Pff, I just went through effort. Sony has <laughs> a, a nice like baked in Rec 709 look okay. as well. Okay. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not too familiar with Sony, right. but I like this idea. I mean, I yeah. think, I think it's nice to have that bit of flexibility. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I haven't done the full review yet, but I'm, I, I'm really, really liking the XH two S which is too many letters for yeah. a single <laughs> camera name, but, um, the H two S, uh, yeah, I've really liked it. Yeah. So. I mean the, the little bit that I had with it was, was sweet. Yeah. And yeah, after, like you said, the, um, autofocus being better now you know at first i was like oh you know i want a fuji but i don't know if i need the top of the like it's quite a bit more expensive but then once the focus is so good i'm like but do, maybe i do need this <laughs> fuji I don't, I don't know uh we'll see where it goes but um if anybody's thinking about it yeah 
so far so good. Do you think it'd be like a competitor to like the Leica kind of feel? Like you know how like Leica's yeah. got this specific the, Q, look. the q2 is a lot of people love that camera um i think it makes way more sense for most people like just just get the fuji well and also I, I, in terms of image quality too it's not it's definitely not worse um the the leica lenses are be- i mean they're better like they're not just arbitrarily super expensive you know, they, they like they actually look really, really nice. And you you can see a difference, but the, it's the gains are kind of marginal, like a, a Fuji lens. The good lenses are pretty good, too. And most people won't spot that difference. They're more going to recognize that, you know, you've got really great autofocus, which is going to work better on the Fuji. The those um, that ability to kind of manipulate, manipulate your color straight out of camera. It's a bit more flexible on the Fuji. You're going to have a bunch of stuff that you can't do on the Leica, um, whereas the Leica you know, the things that are hard to argue with is that f- having it in your hands feels, you feel powerful. You're like, I could take a good photo with this good camera. Yeah. Um, but have you shot with the Leica before? No. Yeah. I've been, I've been close to like buying one. I just, I can't justify it. No, no, you shouldn't. I, yeah. Uh, uh, was it going to be film or uh, digital? Digital. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, so I guess what I, I, I was telling you about this too, the, um, reviewing the, the Zeiss Otis lenses. Mm-hmm. I feel like when it comes down to everything, if you're posting on social media, honestly, just for like the, I would say like 95% of everything that I do, yeah. you can't tell the difference between like a Canon Prime and an Otis lens yeah. and it's half the price or even even less. Mm-hmm. And so I think like what it offers, this super clean, crisp image perfect um i think i'd rather have something that has like character and maybe even a little bit of what could be considered like a flaw because that's when you can see it in a thumbnail i mean that's what's most interesting to me about any image quality and uh, should always be taken into consideration when i'm talking about um the color out of a camera or a lens profile or um dynamic range is that's why i harp on dynamic range so much is because all these things you can see in the smallest thumbnail you do not need 4k to see that that's why uh netflix still shoots on red and alexa even if it's only gonna be watched on your phone because it looks better on your phone you know so um but you are also about to test out some lenses that i mean i've looked at a lot for a while so speaking of um, the atlas anamorphic I don't know if there's more model names to um, the Orion Orion series. Yeah. I have the set. I think it's a set a, so 40 millimeter, 65 and hundred millimeter. Nice. And I'm, I have never been more excited. No, that's shoot. really great. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I've, I think I follow them. So I see like the, the stuff that comes out of a lot. Yeah. And it's great. It's beautiful. I think you're going to have, the, <laughs> you're going to have a bit of trouble because yeah. of, not because know. of them. I mean, yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> Not because of them, but because of the camera manufacturers. So I'm going to get back on my um, uh, hobby horse and complain about lack of open gate. So you're going to be shooting these on the C70? Yep. How's that going to go? Uh, so I will be shooting on a sliver uh, <laughs> just because it's a Super 35. Um, well, yeah, but not also not just because of the like size of the sensor. I guess that actually, no, wait, on a C70, I shouldn't. 
uh, complain as much because they're not cropping anything. You are using the whole sensor. Yeah. You also have an R5. Yes. And you might, I assume you're probably going to just try them on there. Just yeah, to see. I'll, I'll try it out. We talked about that too, like the, problem, the image quality. It's still not yeah. going to be, it's still not going to be great. And it, it, what kills me is that on something like an R5, you've got a four by six sensor and you're chopping off the top and bottom. And because of that, an anamorphic lens gets skinnier and skinnier as it stretches. So Yeah. Yeah. I, I was shooting just a little bit. Um, so my my babies, my twins were, were eating dinner. And I had the lens and I was like, I just want to like yeah, yeah. test it out. And like, it looks incredible. The C70, again, I spent like five minutes trying to figure everything out. So I couldn't really figure out how to, the the two times uh, squeeze wasn't really working on my screen. Right. So but it worked on an external monitor. So that was great. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I'll just be, I don't know how much time I'm going to spend trying to figure it out if it's already working on my on my external monitor. Right. Um, so that was okay. But yeah, it's the, it's the, that, that squeeze, uh, or like the, I don't know how to describe it. The sliver of a, of a shot. Yeah. The aspect ratio becomes yeah. an absurd number that it's nobody would typically <laughs> use. Yeah. Somebody um, actually asked me, they're like, what's the aspect ratio that, that you shoot on with the C70 right. with these anamorphic? I was like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, small but i mean what, what i've seen um other people do i think i was saying i think it's andrew murphy did a video specifically about this as well using mm-hmm. the same lenses and um for anybody curious about shooting anamorphic on a 16 by 9 sensor whatever it is uh should check that one out because yeah. and check out whatever you end up doing as well because it's it's different from what you might intuitively expect you know yeah so yeah but I'm still I'm still excited. I mean, even just looking totally. at that little bit that I oh, got. Oh, I was gonna say what he did in his is he just cropped he just cropped it a bit. Just yeah. take the sides off. You've still got a lot of the character of the lens. And... Yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of what I've figured that I'll be doing. Right. Um, but yeah, that that's fine with me. You could also take still photos with your R5 and then yeah, have a little more sensor space. Yeah, yeah. I'm just excited to try out so many different totally. things. Totally. Just shoot the crap out of these lenses. Well, anamorphic <laughs> still feels like the last the last kind of rare thing that mm-hmm. you can really make your image look very different from most people's yeah. um through just a technical change because they're still a rare lens, you know, like they're they're not common, they're not suddenly going to become common because they're inherently bigger, uh more expensive. Um yeah. th- there are other brands bringing the price even way down because Atlas was like the, the Orion, Orions, uh, Orion, Orions. Yeah, <laughs> that makes more sense. That makes way more sense. Uh, but yeah, so the Orions were the like really affordable, like, wow, can you believe the price of these yeah. anamorphics? Um, and now there's like others coming in like Siri. I still have no idea. Another name I can't it. pronounce. Yeah. For, Isn't it like Suray or something? That makes more sense. But but like oh, you're the, how you you're the pronunciation <laughs> expert for this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, those are like significantly less than the yeah. Orion's. So. Like fifteen hundred, yeah. two grand, somewhere around there. So, not but bad. the blue on those looks, um, the flare, like the blue flare, is like not a nice blue. So yeah. you you can see the difference. So, yeah. um, a little more gear I wanted to talk about. Another thing we tested today, spent a little bit of time with, was the new Ronin. Yeah. RS3 Pro. It was sleek. Yeah, it was pretty good, huh? I liked it. And the fact that it held the 
Am I jumping too no, too far spoiling. ahead? Spoiling. Go ahead. <laughs> people, it, that's hopefully, okay. people still watch the video. Yeah, even if you say it now. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Balancing the the C70 and the Atlas lens. Yeah. Which had to be pretty dang close to ten pounds. <laughs> yeah. If not over. Yeah. So it, was... they're they're enormous. I mean, if anybody hasn't seen these, I mean, they're like they're the yeah. They're bigger than you think. <laughs> it's like the actually they're bigger than I think. What's the the twenty four to seventy two point oh Canon, hmm. right? Like have yeah. you have you seen those? It's like a it is like a pineapple. Yeah. It is enormous and they are bigger. So yeah, but it was comfortably on there. I mean, yeah. I didn't. We were in a bit of a rush because you, you, it was like just before you had to take off. I didn't balance it that well, and it did okay. And it did okay. Yeah. So that's pretty. Cool. I'm excited for you to check out the. Like that little clip of yeah of uh, it's pretty what I shot yeah <laughs> yeah we'll see um, see how it turned out but no uh, overall I mean I'm gonna do I'm working on I'm working on a bunch of behind videos my video, <laughs> my videos are behind just like the podcast is behind right now but um, the 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 Ronin uh, has been amazing like it's it's hard to keep reviewing. Um, keep reviewing gimbals because every time it's like, wow, this is a lot better. And I, I keep saying that every time because it's true. <laughs> um, but it, I've started to, it started to really get to the point where it's like checking off a lot of the list items of like, what makes me kind of hate gimbals in the past? Like, sure. Because they're always so finicky. And um, I don't know, do you like, do, do you like gimbals? Do you enjoy the experience? Yes and no. Um, like I think... At one point, everybody shot everything on a gimbal. I feel like that was like the thing to do. Yeah. Like, even if you're traveling, even like sure. travel vloggers, everything was just yeah, on a gimbal. All the time. So you could really tell. Like, I think some gimbals have that gimbally look. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just like robotic and right. um, and maybe that's also the operator. I don't know, but yeah, um, I blame them more. Yeah. Uh, so I think, like in certain situations, I think they're awesome and they should be used, mm -hmm. and they enhance what you're what you're shooting. But then in some situations, like it's better to be handheld. Yeah. Um, I think I've been shooting more handheld, and I kind of like, especially with the the C70, I like the like the natural camera shake that it can give, mm -hmm. not with the R5, because um, you just get those little like micro jitters or the Jello wobbles. Right, which, um, did you update the software for that apparent fix yet? Or? I didn't. I I saw the results, and I was like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, it's never bothered me that much. Yeah. I, I know people people will complain about it on my videos, so obviously it bothers <laughs> other people, but I'm yeah. putting it in my video, so like, apparently I don't mind. Uh, you yeah. Know, I, I, I don't notice. I, I know it's there. It's not, if I was shooting a, a real movie, yeah, I would be much more careful about it. But I find it shows up the most in places where you're being very uncareful anyway. Like when it is really shaky footage, it's like, this is already nauseating. <laughs> so, yeah, it honestly hasn't been too much of a, a problem with, yeah, yeah, for what I shoot. So, right. um, and that's why I didn't update it. I was like, yeah, it doesn't, yeah, doesn't really add anything. Um, but yeah, I like I like the handheld shake of the C70, that natural kind of feel. And especially because I want to do more documentary work, I feel like that adds this element of like, I'm there, mm -hmm. if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Whereas like a gimbal, 
is more of this like professional, smooth, I don't know, which has its place. Mm -hmm. so. well, yeah, often it's this misunderstanding of what, what you're talking about, that robotic look is when people decide to use a gimbal for what should be handheld because you should not be quickly looking in any direction on a gimbal. Like gimbals should be slow. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, kind of when they're best is, is if they're naturally wrapping around something or, um, you know, the movements have kind of a slow curve to them, but, uh, otherwise handheld makes sense. And actually most of all with phones, hmm. um, the, a friend of mine was asking about like, Oh, which like phone gimbal should I get? It's like these days it's not a big priority, you know, like you can, especially an iPhone is pretty rock solid. Yeah. So. Do you shoot do you shoot anything for work on your phone? Um, you know, uh, there's been a couple clients where they've requested stuff shot on the phone mm -hmm. to make it seem more natural. Yeah. Which is sometimes hard for me to do. Uh, it's also hard when I see other people doing that. Uh, and that's like that's accepted more than uh like a professional camera, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, there's like, it's, ha it's happening. I mean, I yeah. think this is a trend that's going to keep moving yeah. forward. It's like a, it's a both end. Like I'm super excited for somebody that is able to do that, that can take their phone and, and can shoot, you know, whatever on their phone. And that's what the brand wants and they love it. And that's great. But then maybe it's just frustrating when, when I see brands shooting on their phone and it it's not instead great. of hiring somebody yeah yeah and you can tell like they just haven't put effort in yes maybe that's what i'm trying to say i'm I mean, not trying to crap on anybody that shoots on their phone i, I think if that's i think great. we should get to the point where professionals are just as comfortable switching mediums because if i were a business looking to create this kind of content it's like the most of the budget still needs to be there the camera how much does the camera cost out of the total budget of any production like you know it's not a big deal. Um, it's still mostly like planning out a, a great concept and executing it well. And the camera work still matters if it's shot on a phone. Um, so, yeah, I think there's so much room for or, or well, and also to keep going with it, like other production costs are the talent, the location, the styling, the script, the, you know, it, it, there are so many other elements about production that are not the camera that's being used. And if you are aiming to create something that feels natural, you still need to put thought into it if you're a company hiring a filmmaker. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I don't know. Our jobs are secure, but <laughs> is, is what I'm, I'm backing myself yeah. into. Yeah. Um, this also all backs into uh, another topic I wanted to hit of Instagram becoming TikTok. I made a reel about it. Everybody's talking about it. Um, what's your Instagram life been like lately? Um, ah, <laughs> that good, hey? Yeah. Uh, so, so I had, uh, my wife and I had twins, uh, so for the last year and a half, it's been, it was just, it was tough. We had to, I had to spend like a lot of time, um, at home so I couldn't post as much as I, I wanted to. And, um, Instagram didn't, didn't, <laughs> didn't treat, yeah, they didn't treat me well after that. Uh, so that was really frustrating because I think. And I do love the photo aspect of Instagram. Mm -hmm. I love taking photos. I think there should be a place for taking photos. And they're obviously not 
going in that direction anymore. So again, I have like the, there's like the love hate cause I, I love to create videos and I see other people like I've got a friend who's grown almost like a hundred thousand in a year creating kind of a TikTok style reel. Yeah. And so I want to celebrate that. That's great. Good for him. Mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. so stoked at the same time. I'm also super jealous yeah, right. <laughs> and it's hard not to be like, ah, dang, I, I don't want to make those, those kinds of videos. Um, and if I'm punished because of that, that kind of sucks. Yeah. Uh, but then I, I get it. I mean, Instagram can do whatever they want with their platform. Mm -hmm. It's their platform. Uh, yeah. And, th that's yeah. my frustration with the videos too, is when it feels like it needs to follow a format. Yeah. Maybe the best example is like when there's, which, uh, you know, I'm not talking about anybody particular, but a bunch of photographers that I followed for a long time posting their great photography work now need to like lean on comedy, which is like, I mean, I'm super, it's great that, that people can pivot and make it work, but it's just like, is this, this is, is this the world we want to be in where it's like you develop a specific talent for, you know, capturing the world in a specific aesthetic way. And then it, you need to flip that into making jokes about it like basically satirizing that that hobby like it's yeah. you know maybe not ideal so <laughs> yeah that's where yeah i yeah i'm like trying not to be i don't want to be critical but then it's also frustrating but it's also great for that it works for some people and, and they can take advantage of it and yeah. like that's great um yeah well, maybe I'll, maybe well, I'll leave it. Part of what I've been saying too is that, like, yeah, there's there's absolutely no downside for anybody that's found success. That like that's not who I'd fault in anyway. It's that, um, and I, I also don't really fault Instagram. So I'm very middle of the road on this. That I think um, the reasons they're doing it make a lot of sense. If I worked there right now, and you're looking at the, your spreadsheets, which I'm sure they are, and those yeah. sheets are saying like, look, video. <laughs> is like, you know, crack. Like people just stay on the platform for hours scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And you can, you can see what's happening with TikTok. Are you just going to leave that on the table? I mean, especially if you're um, meta slash Facebook, who their favorite thing is to just steal from a third company. Like they don't come <laughs> up with their own ideas. Yeah. Of course they're going to say like, okay, well let's, let's take this idea and grow with it. Um, yeah. So even when they say that they might, because there was a bit of a backtracking um, after the huge backlash, I don't think that's going to last. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the money is. Yeah. So that's, More that's where they're going to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, not, not that it's, it's great. Um, I still feel like we do need a place for photography. I reactivated my uh, glass account. Yeah. You were telling me about that. Yeah. I don't, I, I like what they've done. I think they've made a really nice app. Um, the, the concept being that, you know, your advertisers aren't paying for the platform. The users are, I, I, I like that ethos. I think that's a nice way to build a company. It's smart. It's, it feels good, but it, I feel like it's also sort of going to be hard to like really sustain over time. Like, um, I don't know, like, it, yeah. What, when you share a photo, like what's the, why do you share it? Yeah. Oh man. I think there's, there's so many, like it's a creative outlet. Part of me does want, you know, the, the instant, a response. Yeah. The yeah. gratification, the, yeah, the response. Um, 
it's also show work to create like a bit of a portfolio. There's so many things. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, if I had to pay to do that, would I? Honestly, and, right now, probably not. the community is going to be much smaller, yeah. right? Because always less people will pay in the end. So I think it's going to be a really uphill battle. Yeah. But I'm glad somebody's trying. Yeah. Yeah. There, what was what was the old, old like older, there's a photo sharing app that. Other than Flickr? Yeah. Uh, SmugMug, uh, 500px. Uh, no, it was like, it was kind of like Instagram. It was supposed to be the, the next Instagram, but it like fizzled out. Oh, yeah. I can't even remember. I, I mean, just watched Peter McKinnon uh, talked about it. On oh, his videos so it wasn't today. that long ago? No. Yeah, no, I'm not thinking about I can't even see that. I mean, yeah. there's, there's well, there a problem you go. right there. <laughs> I mean, the network effect is huge. Like, people go where yeah. other people are. Because the, the, if the point of posting it is for people to see it, then why would you post it? Otherwise, you might as well just direct message it to your parents, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> um, which you, you should do. I mean, yeah, send, send your parents a postcard if you haven't lately. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's not necessarily the reason we post things on big media platforms. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess I just like, I, I feel like when people, oh, and uh, people also need to keep maintain the context of that Facebook meta is in a really bad place right now, business wise. Like they're, um, they, it's the first time they shrank. Uh, they, TikTok is growing much, much faster and they are very aware of it. And like what? Of of course they are gonna they're gonna pursue whatever it takes to continue to grow because right now there is a real risk of them not okay so Facebook's not gonna suddenly disappear but I just heard an anecdote today last yesterday about uh, Carol Co which is does that name ring any bells yeah it didn't for me either until I saw the logo I'm like oh so they're a film production company that made uh. First Rambo movies, Terminator, um, I think Robocop, like the biggest action movies of like late 80s, early 90s. Like they and they massively grew really quickly to being exceptionally profitable in the entertainment industry. They had it. I think it was like 1992, 1991. They made 500 million dollars or something, which was like that's, you know, by today's dollars is insane. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and within three or four more years, they disappeared as a company. They, they had a few, a few busts, a few bad films, um, and the money dried up and they vanished. And that Facebook isn't going to vanish, but if Instagram becomes uncool enough, you know, like it's going to hurt them significantly right so i mean uh mark zuckerberg is racing for the metaverse and (laughs) he's gonna drag us all with him whether we like it or not and um but that's but at the same time it's like people may not be interested in that at all and like would i don't know would you hang out in the (laughs) it's like i don't even have to ask no have you talked to anyone that is excited about the idea of the metaverse i think every single person that i've talked to is like terrified about it and like where that could go I, there's not a, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's like the <laughs> universal response. And meanwhile, yeah, he's thinking this is the future, you know, yeah, he's going for it. Yeah. I mean, he's got to go for something, but I, I don't, I, this, this is, I don't think this is it. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, okay. Question for you. What do you think the difference is between TikTok and Vine? Like, do you think, do you think that's yeah. where TikTok is headed or why, how is, how is TikTok capitalized on something that Vine 
fizzled out? You think it's like the generation that... I think, I don't know why Vine fizzled out really. I mean, I think it was sort of poorly managed by Twitter. Um, but one, th one difference, which I don't remember the discovery mechanism on Vine. I think you followed people like you do on Instagram. I think it was similar structurally to like you have friends you or, or like YouTube because this was the the whole metaphor for all of it. It's like you would follow people or you would become friends with them. So it's either okay. one or two way relationship. And the, the the real game changer with TikTok is that they just feed you content from strangers using an algorithm that I think is kind of overrated. A lot of people are like it's like the TikTok algorithm can read your mind. I don't know what other people are getting. My feed is garbage and is not reading my mind at all. Um, but <laughs> Um, but the, the point is, is that it's going to just like present things to you and you know, like, you hope you hope that you like it. And, well, it seems, it seems to work. That's kind of what I'm saying. It's like, they have found a way to just present you with random stuff from strangers that is compelling. Yeah. And that's the fundamental thing that Instagram's looking to, to take to take that idea even more so than full screen videos the key concept is by recommending content from strangers it can lead to this exponential growth that tiktok has found so i think that's what they're hoping for anyway yeah do you are you big on tiktok do you do a lot of no, tiktoking no, no. I'm, I'm i mean i'm trying to post on it a little more often i yeah i know that i would i would love it if i was younger if i had been starting now i totally. i would get it yeah. um but it is it's harder to just like you pivot instantly when you're like, well, I like I like what I'm doing now. And I like I also don't I don't really trust them as a company. Um, but, but like, well, for many reasons. But um, I mean, a big yeah. one is is also the stuff that Hank Green goes on about, which is their the way they do revenue sharing, which is not like uh, YouTube where, you know, if, if a viewer watches an ad, you get some of the money. On TikTok, there's a limited pool. Doesn't matter how much money TikTok makes, they pay you a cut, the same fraction that they plan to at the beginning of the year. So, okay, they're three times bigger than a year. You don't get paid three times as much. You get paid yeah. what they decided a year ago. So that's bad for yeah. creators. Yeah. Have you, do you, or is it because you're Canadian, you can't get paid on Instagram, or can you get that? Yeah, no, we can't get it in Canada. I think you can only get it in the U.S. As far as I know. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But also I know it's like, I don't think it's that much money compared to YouTube. YouTube no. yeah. seems to be the only place that you can make real money um, with. Unless, I mean, I know if you're the biggest, the biggest people on TikTok, yeah, sure. They're making money, but for normal people. Yeah. One more thing I want to ask about. So as a cannon shooter, I, yeah. I saw some people on Twitter the other day saying that they liked C-Log 3 more than C-Log 2. What do you shoot? Just C-Log 1. <laughs> Uh, just see like two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think the, everything about see like two is better than see log three. Yeah. There's this weird, I think the numbers really screw people up. Um, yeah, but it's just the order that they were released in, not the order of goodness. So yeah, I don't know. Once I realized there are some people that don't seem to have, uh, kind of, Agreed. found yeah they haven't realized how great c log 2 is that uh, maybe the message still needs to get out there a little more yeah but wh why is that like what did you notice different um oh man i 
so it's also maybe it's maybe it's different because it's the r5 and the c70 so maybe the c70 is just so much better but um i feel like there's like a little more dynamic range the flexibility uh the colors that i can bring out of um I, it's like everything mm-hmm. about c log 2 that is just it has just been better yeah i because I, I found i did some side-by-side tests to try to figure this out a bit and i think that when um when exposed correctly c log 3 does get very close it actually isn't it isn't radically different in terms of what the image can look like when you really put the effort into matching it but the flexibility is the big thing like you are just able to move c log 2 in ways that c log 3 can't um so your decision can come in post a lot it's a lot closer to raw basically which i love so which I mean, I don't know if you want to get into the C70 RAW. Because we talked a little bit about that, yeah, too. Yeah, how, how, how's it been? Because um, I don't think I ended up talking about it at all. Like, I tested it myself. I thought I'd make a video about it, and then I never did. Yeah, because I was super surprised by it. I Like, when, when they said that they were doing that, I was like, oh, finally, they're not crippling their, their cameras. This is great. Um, and I think the result was, like, I'll just shoot the 10-bit. 422 like there's not much of a difference you get like the tiniest little bit of extra flexibility but then the shadows are noisier mm-hmm. so i'll just and the file sizes are way bigger than than the 10 bit so like the 10 bit is again it's like not even noticeable yeah yeah same so. for all the hype in recording raw on the r5 yeah similarly it doesn't make a big difference no i found like the the wobble was a bajillion times worse in raw like yeah hmm. and maybe that was i don't know it totally could be. it I was be way worse for me right and that was also like very early stages of the r5 like there had been no um firmware updates for anything mm-hmm. um but then the file sizes were insane yeah. like for that 8k raw that was yeah yeah I mean, it still <laughs> Just, is still is insane yeah <laughs> It's like there's no practical reason. Um, yeah, and actually that's something great about the C70 RAW as well. If you shoot the LT, it's like not not yeah. that big. It's it is manageable. But that's what I found as well was that yeah, in my tests it just wasn't um wasn't that important of a difference in a way that when I shot the C200, RAW was RAW is the secret on there. Like RAW just brings everything out of it. Yeah. Um and now looking back, I wonder it's just if it was cuz there wasn't 10 bit on the on the camera and maybe 10 bits just the magic bullet that we it, no actually it's more because the c70 sensor it also has such clean shadows yeah and the shadows would be super noisy on the c200 yeah that was that was a huge difference with the r5 and the c70 yeah. the shadows yeah oh my gosh yeah yeah and it's really easy to underexpose the r5 and the shadows just kind of look like crap yeah yeah i've i've just been we talked about that before. Like I've been blown away by the, the C70. I feel like because it's, it's the smaller, I feel like it gets a bad rap because it's, it's like, I feel like people see it more as like a consumer or pro. It is a prosumer, but like a consumer know. kind. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's straight up. Profe- like it is a professional camera. Yeah. And I love it. And it's just well-priced. Yeah. 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 Which is, which is awesome. Like it's pretty much the exact same as the C three hundred Mark III. I don't see why anybody would would get the 
300 mark three no totally. i mean unless you're in a production environment where you need all the ins and outs and the you know like you, sure. you need to build it out in a way that yeah but then um, i would think you would get the the 500 well no i mean no? you may not need five you may not need full frame and also the battery life is a lot worse mm. um it's not inherently just better because like you may choose to shoot super 35 sure. for some purposes so yeah. um and yeah no i mean it's just in a really good place i also but it's so are all the other ones because same with this fuji like um i think there's a little less dynamic range but like i don't know shooting there's now f-log 2 instead of just the regular f-log so it has more dynamic range and it shoots 6k with open gate that we were talking about before would be nice yeah. to put the atlas on this fuji because you could um yeah so I, I i don't know like the selection right now is just amazing but i like that there's like there's different flavors out there too right like you are getting something different especially between say fuji and canon is like definitely a different choice um and I'm a generation behind on Sony, so I feel like I feel like I need to like try a Sony soon too to see what I'm missing. But yeah, I feel like everybody is shooting Sony, or at least like the YouTube space. Yeah, the guys that I watch. What's really hard for me? It's really hard for me to think about giving up built-in ND filters because I was shooting yeah. with the variable ND screw-on one today. Yeah, that was that was another game changer for mm -hmm. like I had never. I'd never shot with the the built-in NDs. And just like, I, I remember the first time I'm like, oh yeah, this is a thing. I pressed it. Yeah. It's yeah. incredible. Game changer. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so many times that I end up just making a compromise otherwise. Even the, like I was using a variable yeah. ND today that is like, it's a good one. I like it. But the ISO on the Fuji was a minimum of 1250 for F-Log2. And I couldn't, so I couldn't get down to like two, I couldn't get down to 1.4 yeah. and I could barely get down to 2.8 without it being overexposed. So I'm like, okay, what am I going to compromise now? Do I crank up the shutter even though I have an ND yeah. on? Like, <laughs> you know, all this stuff that you just never think about that on a camera that has a built in. You yeah. just always choose, you choose the F stop that you want it to be. So yeah. 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 I love it. I will never go back. Nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. you've got, you've got everything you need. So now you don't need to buy a new gear. Hopefully not. Yeah, unless he's Atlas lenses. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> that's a little bit of a yeah. And then you'll need to buy a new camera to oh, get an yeah, open yeah. gate. And, Here we go. <laughs> all right. Well, good luck with all of it, Matt. And again, if anybody listening hasn't seen your channel already, go check out Wake Up Matt on YouTube. And thanks for coming on, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.